described as our constipated public service. Australian visa victory for tennis star Novak Djokovic, a former deputy head of the country's immigration service, explains how the world number one might yet be deported. The chief executive of Wexford County Council reprimanded by the Standards in Public Office Commission over a threatening email to a local radio station. And Pet Project, a unique initiative for children attending Crumlin Hospital. If you have a TV, you must have a TV licence. It's the law. Choose the convenient option and pay online anytime at tvlicence.ie. Your TV licence made easier. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. It's a doddle. What? Switching your mortgage is a doddle. What? The best interest rates, it's a doddle. What? Saving a lot on your monthly mortgage repayments, it's a doddle. How? Visit the site. What's it called? Doddle.ie. How is it spelled? Here you go, it's a D-O-double-D-L. No E. No E. Just .ie. Switching your mortgage doesn't have to be a big song and dance. Visit doddle.ie. Mortgage Horizons Limited trading as doddle is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hello again, you're listening to the news at one. A new year, a new chief negotiator, but it seems the same deadlock and some of the same language. British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss today hosts the first face-to-face talks of 2022 with European Commission Vice President Maris Shevchevich on Brexit and the Northern Ireland Protocol since she replaced David Frost as the UK negotiator before Christmas. Yesterday, Ms Truss said she would not accept a deal which meant goods from Great Britain being checked as they enter Northern Ireland. The DUP has said it would pause its threat to pull party ministers out of the Stormont executive over the Northern Ireland protocol ahead of today's talks. Here's DUP First Minister Paul Given speaking from Stormont a short while ago. The DUP's commitment to these institutions is clear. We want to see these institutions continuing to operate, but they need to do that upon a sustainable foundation, and that requires the UK's internal market and Northern Ireland's place within it um, to be reflected in the outworking of these negotiations that are now taking place between the UK and the European Union. We get a solution to that. We can ensure these institutions continue to operate in a viable manner. The First Minister of the Stormont Power Sharing Executive, the DUP's Paul Given. We can talk now to the Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou MacDonald. A very good afternoon to you, Mary Lou MacDonald. Welcome to the programme and a happy new year to you. Many happy returns, Brian. Perhaps we can begin with these Brexit negotiations and the talks today involving Liz Truss and the Northern Ireland parties and Maris Shevchevich, the the EU's chief negotiator, a new person in charge of the UK's negotiating side. Do you detect a new approach? Well, we'll meet with uh, Liz Truss this afternoon, Michelle O'Neill and myself. It won't be face-to-face, it will be um, by uh, Zoom, but um, we'll certainly be pressing with her the absolute need for constructive work, for good faith and for an end to the the kind of um, grandstanding, some of which your listeners will have heard from the uh, First Minister earlier today. I mean, the truth is, Brian, as your listeners will recall, that right from the get-go, it was signalled very clearly to everybody that Brexit was a bad idea that would have long-term negative consequences 
for the island of Ireland. It was very clear from the get-go that there would have to be special arrangements to protect our all Ireland economy, to protect jobs, people's prosperity, and above all else, to protect the integrity of the Good Friday Agreement. So mm-hmm. the, the protocol is about that. There has been from the beginning a forum in uh, the form of a joint committee where issues that arise in terms of the operation of that protocol can be identified and resolved. And that's what needs to happen. And I have to say that uh, uh, Commissioner Sefcovic uh, made clear from the get-go that uh, for their part, the European institutions were in what he described as problem-solving mode. Mm -hmm. I think he has demonstrated that to be the case. And before Christmas, remember, we got a resolution to a fairly tricky issue around uh, around medicines. Mm-hmm. So all of these issues are amenable well, to... What Liz uh, Truss has been yeah. saying is that she'll not accept a deal, which means goods from, from Great Britain being checked as they enter Northern Ireland. Is that possible while at the same time maintaining the protocol as it is and maintaining an open border on the island of Ireland? I, I think Liz Truss will have to accept and, and indeed honour the agreement entered into by her own government which uh, recognises the current political realities, recognises the fact that um, we live on an island and that there has to be uh, arrangements to ensure that the interests of all parties concerned are recognised and protected. I I would say to Liz Truss, if she was so anxious not to have trading blockages and so on, well then... um, Brexit was not uh, a very good plan to achieve that. There are certain realities here that need to be respected. And I I think it's important to reiterate from all of our perspectives um, that the the arrangements that we have on this island are finely balanced. They've been worked at and arrived on over uh, many decades of very hard work. And I think it would be grossly irresponsible, indeed reckless, for Liz Truss or anybody else within the British government to continue to press the boundaries, push the boundaries for reasons that I think are entirely self-serving and party political. In relation to the political situation in Northern Ireland, these indications from Geoffrey Donaldson, the DUP leader this morning, that they'll be pausing um, any moves to to withdraw ministers from the, the Northern Ireland executive. Is that something that's welcome and helpful? I think what will be welcome is when the the DUP desist from from this kind of high wire act of um, threatening the institutions in this way, particularly Brian, because the the reality on the ground is that uh, the vast vast majority of people recognise the reason why there is the protocol, the necessity of a protocol, and what people want are the arrangements to actually work. That's what business wants. That's what people who get up every Mm -hmm. day and get out to work uh, early in the morning uh, want. And I am conscious that we're facing into elections in May. And I believe, and I have always believed, that the stance adopted by Jeffrey Donaldson and his party is driven by a narrow electoral focus to drum up support rather than any real thoughtful consideration of what's best for everyone 
who lives on the island of Ireland and in the north of Ireland in particular. If I could move to matters on this side of the border in relation to the the pandemic and the reports in the Irish Times this morning uh, citing the minutes, uh, recent minutes from Neffet, that Neffet is, is giving consideration to compulsory vaccination. They've asked for um, a, a, a paper to be prepared in relation to this and are apparently going to give it some uh, consideration at a future meeting. Is, is that something that, that should be considered, compulsory vaccination? Well, I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm puzzled by uh, all of this. I mean, we have um, a huge level of take up of vaccination, including booster shots. Um, I, I don't believe that mandatory vaccination is a good idea. Um, I, I think it's, some, it's, it's a path that we should not walk down. Um, and the facts are that people have demonstrated that they are very thoughtful, very responsible in terms of keeping themselves, their families and their communities safe. And the public have voted uh, with their feet and uh, in huge numbers have taken up vaccination. A, a small percentage have not. Uh, and that, of course, is their uh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think you will win people to uh, the the desirability of vaccinations by making it compulsory. So In fact, it be, I, I think it, it could have a, a counterproductive. Should it effect. even be under consideration by Neffet then? Well, if I were Neffet, it certainly wouldn't be under my consideration. I I I, I think there are other things that need to be uh, dealt with as a matter of urgency, not least uh, more commentary on safety in our schools and our classrooms. And we rehearsed all of these matters before the doll rose for the. For the Christmas break, kids are now back at school, staff are now back in classrooms um, in in sometimes very cold conditions and the government and the system has dragged its heel in, heels and in terms of doing everything to keep them safe and and to ensure that they're not suffering from hypothermia as they learn. I would and have in, thought that's more important than speculating on mandatory vaccines in, 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 a, in relation, an environment where there's very high levels yeah. of vaccination. In relation, in relation to schools, we have now the, the uh, principals, uh, the National Association of Principals and Deputy Principals joining calls for, uh, again this year, a, a blended leaving certificate, uh, the option of sitting the exam or taking calculated grades. The Labour Party and I think some other opposition parties have already made this call. What's Sinn Féin's view? Well, I, I think my colleague Donica O'Leary, our education spokesperson, was perhaps the first voice out um, making that precise point. I think it's uh, very necessary that we have clarity on this matter very soon. And it strikes me uh, as a matter of fairness to students and indeed to staff at a time where we, we now have very high levels of infection and whereas schools might be open, that's no guarantee that every teacher will be in. Mm. It's certainly no guarantee that every student will be in a position to attend. And this year's Leaving Cert students had their transition year disrupted, fifth year absolutely disrupted and are still uh, living through huge disruptions. So I think it's, it's as a matter of basic fairness that blended approach uh, needs to be um, offered. Well, can and I, I think can I there, needs, you... there needs to be clarity on that early. So uh, yeah. whatever work needs to be done by way of preparation for that needs to be concluded. And can students, I, I... their families and staff need to be given that clarity. Can I put to you the point maybe to you, I, and we'll be hearing from the other secondary union, the, the ASTI in just a moment, but they're making the point that because of the pandemic, for in many cases, uh, students have no junior cycle data on which to base calculations 
calculated grades. That was available last year and the year before, but it's, it's not going to be available for many, very many students this year, and it's a big problem if uh, there is to be any move to, to re- return to calculated grades in 2022. Yes, and I've heard that point and I accept that there are some students for whom that will be uh, true. I'm not sure proportionally how many students that will apply to. Of course, there will be many students who who would have sat their junior certain for whom data is available. And I accept that there needs to be now um, a consideration of what the blended model looks like, given those circumstances for some uh, students. But it doesn't take from the primary and fundamental point that I am making, which is this for all the students, those that did uh, complete their their junior cert exams for those who may not have all of them have had ongoing experiences of disruption that disruption continues to this day and so for the purpose of accurate assessment of these students and in a spirit of fairness um, it is only fair that just, there would be a blended approach and okay. choice afforded to just students. The shape question. that that yeah, takes I think it we have, needs to be finalised. Okay, well, we have that. Right. Just a final question. Yeah. In an interview with the examiner over the, the Christmas holidays, you described uh, the public service as, in many respects, a system that is constipated. Do you stand over those remarks? I do, and I wish to make very clear that in, in the same interview, I commended and recognised the huge talent and resource and experience that exists across our public and civil service. So it was not a commentary on individual public or civil servants, far from it. In fact, I have had many, many countless conversations over my years in politics with civil and public servants who would tell me very directly how they're asked to do their work very often with one hand tied behind their back and the system is slow. Particularly if I might, the use of that term, the use of that term constipated. Now you can say that you were talking about the system rather than individuals um, but you know people will see the phrase used in relation not just to the system but to the people who deliver it to public servants. Do you stand over that? that, The use of that term? No, I I, I don't accept your assertion there. I think I was extremely clear and I'm being extremely explicit again that I am talking about the system. I am talking about a system that is slow. I'm talking about a system that is very often inefficient. I'm talking about a system that can be very, very expensive for the taxpayer. And I am telling you as a matter of fact, Brian, that in my working life, in my political career, I have lost count of public and civil servants at all levels and grades who have told me of their experiences and their frustration with a system that needs to be overhauled, the tempo of which needs to be examined, the timelines to which it works it needs to be examined and that's a job in hand and okay, that is Lou. a criti- if that's a criticism of anyone Brian it's a criticism of successive governments right. that have failed to lead and failed to tap and release the kind of um, okay. skill that, and responsiveness that we right. saw for Mary example in the pandemic we'll, we'll, came we'll, we'll leave it there no doubt it's something we return to in the future but for the moment thank you very much indeed for talking to us Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald there well as we've been discussing